everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Are you okay? I I was looking at a text message as you were doing your little... Mesmerized. I like the camera switched to you and you were like mesmerized in the middle distance. I know. I was looking at something that my daughter had sent me about a documentary. And I love documentaries. And so it like grabbed my attention. Yeah. But I'm here now. I'm present. I'm I'm here with you. I'm I'm glad you remembered to show up. Thank you. You too. Did you see what I did just right there? I I know exactly what you did. We're we're talking about memory today, memory and ADHD. Do you run into this a lot with people dealing with memory and ADHD? What is? Can you describe the context that it usually shows up? That it's hard to remember things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, well, it's hard to remember things. It's hard when somebody in passing, like you know, asks you to do something or says, "Hey, can you do this?" Or <laughs> in some cases, you need to do this, right. um, and then you forget. And so there's a lot of. Um, bad feelings because it's not the intention to forget, but it's definitely a symptom of ADHD. And uh, that's why, you know, over this series, we talked about lying, we've talked about over talking, and now we're talking about memory because it is something that is so common and, uh, and it's frustrating to people because their intention is not to make others mad or to not remember it. Really, you forget. Well, it is uh, it is a complicated thing, and I think coming to terms or, or at least understanding the the various associations with different kinds of memory, different contexts in which mm-hmm. memory plays a part in your life with your ADHD, it's important, and it is so complex. In fact, that we have a fantastic guest to talk to us about it. Yes, Our dear we friend, do. Dr. Ari Tuckman is back to talk to us about memory. He's been on several times before, and we haven't seen him in a long time, and we're really glad he is here. Uh, before we get into it, though, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to our mailing list, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But if you really want to hang out with us, you got to head over to the ADHD Discord community. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord. You'll be whisked over to the general community invitation. And if you want even more than the general community, well, I'm so glad you asked how you could be a part of that too. Just become a patron. Uh, at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Now, Patreon for us is listener-supported podcasting. For a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, invest more heavily in our community. We've got all kinds of wonderful things going on in that community. Uh, we've got uh, early access to the podcast, member-only feeds, uh, the pay- the placeholder podcast with yours truly. We've got uh, uh, the uh, Pete's Coffee tech chat once a month. We've got the the happy hour. We've got coaching with Nikki uh, once a month. All these fantastic opportunities to bring like-minded folks together. Uh, it is, uh, I hope you find when you get in there that it is eye-opening how many people are with you living with the same frustrations. And they're all in here helping each other out. It's it's really a joy. And I should say, they're in our chat room right now watching the live stream, which you also get access to as a supporting member. So that is it. Uh, Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Welcome all of our new members. Uh, you're great. What else do you have to say? Do you have any news? No news. That's it? 
Yep. That's all the news. Let's go. Let's talk to Ari. Ari Tuckman is back with us. Dr. Ari Tuckman is back. Ari, it has been way too long. The last time you've been on now and you've talked to us about uh, lying. Uh, you've talked to us mm-hmm. uh, about, oh, my gosh, I'm, I've been, have you been on three or four times you've been on the show? I think is it's it just two? two. I think we did lying. We did relationships. I think one of them, Nikki she was, was, it was the lying one. Yep. That so, was the one lying. You and I were a, a dynamic yeah. duo. Yeah. Well, it is. Only show I I've ever missed. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Well, is that an honor? Dubious. Well, life, for sure. it meant I was really, really sick. <laughs> right. I say on the 80s, I've never missed a show. So I don't know if that's an honor or a slight. Uh, let's just right. say that. Well, you have to be here because like, I can't do the stuff you do. So if if you don't show up, no one's going to yes. be here. Yes, 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 right. Yes. Well, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, we are talking today about ADHD and memory. Recent study found that 81% of adolescents with ADHD surveyed suffered from some deficit to their working memory. So Ari, we are here with you to help educate us on what is going on. What are the kinds of memory that we need to be uh, thinking about and how does ADHD impact it? And then hopefully you have some direction for us to, to help us through the muck. Yeah. So, so first of all, you know, we talk about memories if it's like one thing, Memory is not one thing. Memory is lots of things, right? So let's just quickie there. So working memory, which is a term that probably a lot of people have at least heard, whether they understand it or not, but at least they've heard it, right? So working memory is one of the executive functions. It's the most immediate, shortest kind of memory. It's sort of like when you take a phone number off a piece of paper and start typing it into your phone. That's working memory. That's holding that on deck. When you're talking to someone, you're like, ooh, I have a thought. I'm going to I'm going to wait and then I'm going to say it. Hopefully that's working memory holding on. Right? Working memory is working. It's actively holding. Or another way of thinking about it is working memory is is basically storing what we are paying attention to. Okay. Right? So whatever is up front of mind in the moment. Um so there's that then there's other types of kind of shorter term memory, which is a little bit longer than working memory. So in 20 minutes, I need to remember to whatever. Um, there is long term memory, which is, you know, could be, hey, oh, remember in third grade when whatever happened. So episodic, right, events in our life. Then there's more kind of um, kind of factual or declarative knowledge. So like, oh, you know, Columbus discovered America in 1492, if that's kind of still, I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, but or H2O is the symbol for water. Right. So they're kind of so there's stuff like that. There's prospective memory. Right. Remembering forward. Oh, tomorrow I have to blah, 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 right? So all these different kinds of memory, right? So when we talk about memory, sometimes it matters exactly what kind we're talking about. Prospective memory is, uh, it feels strange doing an ADHD podcast and never having uttered the words prospective memory. That is a new term to me. Uh, Remembering forward. Yeah. So that's remembering that you have an appointment next week. Or yeah, yeah, and it, without looking at a calendar, and it's right. so, so directly it be, related to the ADHD experience. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. so some of it, in like some perspective memory, is rather short term. You know, like five minutes sure. from now, um, or here I am, kind of 
grabbing my junk out of the car. Wait, where are my keys? You know, um, or it could be, you know, a time specific thing. Next Wednesday at three, I have a dentist appointment. Or it could be like, oh, next time I see Nikki, I need to tell her blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And that might be tomorrow or in a month or in a year. But, you know, so so sometimes the trigger is a time. Sometimes the trigger is an event. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it it, it all gets a bit nuanced, but I think it's really interesting, frankly. Well, and I think I remember reading something in one of your workbooks about when you remember something and it's the wrong time of remembering it. So like if you're in the car and you realize, oh, I, I forgot I needed to make this phone call before I left. Is that part of the perspective memory or is that something different? Yeah, no. So that, so that is perspective memory. Like, oh, I have to make this phone call. But you know, the problem is it's sort of the, it got triggered at the wrong time, Mm -hmm. right? In Mm -hmm. the car is not maybe the time to make that phone call. Right. Right. And remembering before it's time also isn't that helpful either. Right. right? Like it might reinforce it like, oh yeah, remember that call, but it's not the time to act. So, so perspective memory is all about kind of point of performance, like the time and place and or place that you can do the thing. Um, and, you know, this is definitely one of those places where folks with ADHD struggle, mm-hmm. right? That they might remember to do it, but not at the right time. So either it's too late or it's too early or whatever. Um, and unfortunately, we often don't get partial credit for remembering afterwards. <laughs> right. But, but right. can't we get partial credit for other stuff? Because I need I need to start. Like, yeah. I call these tasks. Uh, yeah. the, the French have this term, l'escalier, or, uh, l'esprit de l'escalier, I think, is, is escalator wit, right? It's a way to define humor that mm. comes too late. It's that thing like you remember a joke, but you're already on the escalator yes. and you forgot to say it when you were with your friends right. or a comeback or something that it it defines that for me, I have always associated these kinds of tasks where I remember to do something when the context has already shifted, or I haven't arrived at that context yet and risk forgetting it, an escalator task, like it's a thing that just doesn't fit the here and now. And and that has always been a model that's really helped me to to at least have a bucket uh, of escalator tasks yeah. that I'll, I, I need to circle around to every day. Yeah. And that, but that's the thing, right? It's like success in life is about doing the right things at the right time and right. place. You know, it's about getting it, it. It's about kind of the coordination. It's kind of hitting the mark in the right way at the right time. Um, so like there are definitely some things that we can go back and you do them late and it's not that big a deal, but there are other things that yeah. it is right. You know, so, Things like, I don't know, buying airline tickets, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you wait too long, there aren't the flights that you want, you know, or they're not the price or whatever. So um, make any bills. I mean, anytime you're paying bills, then you're incurring late fees if you if you weren't able to put those in the bucket. And and, you know, yeah, uh, this idea that fighting to keep track of all of these things is it it seems to be the the sort of muscular tissue tied to present and future anxiety right i i might not even know sure. what's in my escalator bucket i just know that i should feel bad about something mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's that ticking yeah. time bomb mm-hmm. right i don't even know what's going to blow up on me tomorrow mm-hmm. it's probably something but i don't even know what right. it is mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah, I definitely know because I didn't get my boss that thing I said I was right. kind of yesterday, right? Yeah. And I don't know, there's kind of, sometimes knowing is worse, sometimes not knowing is worse. I guess it depends. But, mm-hmm. but you know, the, 
the sort of there is this thing of this like just overhanging feeling of I don't even know what the axe over yeah. my neck is, mm-hmm. you know, like and that is is draining. Like mm-hmm. it burns a lot of mental energy. Yeah. Well, and I can also see like a situation where you know, you're in a meeting and there's really important information and you know you need to remember it all, but it's almost so overwhelming because it's coming all at you, right? Like, and then feeling like you're missing something um, or you forget, like they did say something, but you really don't remember them saying it, you know, because mm-hmm. you're trying to process all this information. That's, yeah. that's, a, that would be another example of working memory, right? Because it's right that yeah. it's that immediate. So, What about like, this has nothing to do with necessarily ADHD, but like just with age, like I, somebody will say something to me and remember this, I really do not remember, like no clue (laughs) that this happened, that I said it, like I... Is that just an age yeah. thing? Because, you know, I'm turning 50 in like a month. So maybe <laughs> really? that's, that's what, we're what doing. it is. I don't know. Welcome to the birthday anxiety I mean, show, Ari. You didn't know this is what is. you were getting. Like, yeah, me, we're yeah. glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. So having, uh, I'm a couple years ahead of you on that one. But I mean, some of it is age, like a little bit of that is age. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly menopause mm-hmm. is not your friend when yeah. it comes to this kind of stuff. So that's probably the more likely culprit. Right. Um, yeah. That, yeah. And just, I've been told I, that too, Ari Tuckman. Yeah, I know. I know. Thanks a lot. <laughs> right. Right. I'm familiar with the process. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, also just in general, right? Like, being overwhelmed, having too much on your mind mm-hmm. in general, feeling mm-hmm. stretched too thin, or just in that moment being a bit preoccupied. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's sort of like it doesn't get take the information doesn't get taken in, held in attention, processed, and then passed back into long-term memory. So it's not actually a memory problem in the sense that like your hard drive doesn't work. It's that the hard drive didn't get enough, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's the thing where then your friend says, no, remember, right, you know, blah, 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 and this was happening, and then I had this, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. you know, like there's a, a little bit of something that got written onto the hard drive, mm-hmm. but not enough that you could like, bing, spontaneously kind of pull it forth, right. um, and sometimes it's like ain't nothing there, where you're like, I had absolutely mm-hmm. no memory of that. I'm not even sure that that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but it seems like a, a memory problem. It's really more of an attention problem in the sense that you didn't have your full attention. So the information didn't flow through attention and back into long-term memory. Um, or alternatively, it might be a thing that at the moment uh, where you're trying to recall it, if you're, again, otherwise kind of preoccupied or whatever, you're not putting your full resources to drawing it out of long-term memory. Mm -hmm. So would mindfulness be something where if you practice that, like if you're really trying to be very present in the moment, Mm -hmm. would that help you capture that memory and have it store into long-term memory? Absolutely. I mean, definitely. Um, And just in general, I think about all this sort of like good communication advice, all this ADHD communication advice, which is really just good general communication advice. Like, yeah, like 
Great. Don't be looking at your phone. Don't have the TV on. Don't have, you know, kids and dogs running through the room when you're trying to talk, right? Like, yeah. you know, summarize what you said, ask questions, right? Like all that stuff is really about helping us kind of keep the desired information front and center in attention, mm-hmm. process it enough to really kind of understand it and do something with it. So then it gets chucked back into long-term memory. Well, that, that implies that that attention, like distraction is the enemy of both making memories and it's the enemy of recall. And yeah. Keeping them. Yeah. It's a great way of putting it. Yeah. I'm always a little surprised uh, when I'll talk to like a newer client and I'll ask them like, how do they capture their tasks or how do they kind of organize their projects? And it doesn't happen a lot, but every once in a while I'll hear, have that person that says, oh, I keep everything in my head. Oh, are they 15-year-old boys with ADHD? Are you in my house right now? For well, no, loud? that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Because all, all because... my 15-year-old boys with ADHD that I see. That's what they, they think. That's right. Yeah, 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 for they sure. They also haven't well, showered Well, I have a 20-year-old like who thinks the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and haven't cleaned their <laughs> right. room or taken the trash out. Right. So, yeah, get that. Right. No, but it is it is always surprising to me a little bit that they um, – I think they truly believe that, but yet you're coming to coaching because obviously there's an issue here of not remembering or not getting things done. So, I mean, I will always say like, that's not a great strategy. Like we don't want to keep it in your head, but what, what would you say if somebody says, well, I just keep it in my head. Yeah. So, so this is definitely a thing that I've got some thoughts and even a couple lines on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, almost never, when somebody tells me that, do I have the thought, wow, I've, I've just met the great Kreskin with the amazing memory, yeah. right? Boy, they really have it Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They have this spectacular photographic memory, right? right. Um, partially because, I mean, Nikki, like you said, if they're killing it, why are they paying you? Right. Right. They got better things to do. They hang out with us. No offense to either of yeah, us, right? Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so usually what I think is either you have no idea how much you're forgetting mm-hmm. or there's a bit of resistance to actually addressing how much you're forgetting or something, you know. So usually the line that I take with it with this is if you can remember inside your head everything you have going on in your life, then you don't have enough going on in your life, <laughs> you know, like. You want yeah. a life that's busy enough, that's interesting, that has got a bunch of different, maybe it's just me, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like you want a lot of stuff going on so that it, it, it exceeds your internal memory capacity. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rich, fulfilling, right. yeah. balancing and stretching yeah. you in new ways. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, look, we didn't set this thing up like 20 minutes ago, right? right. You didn't just call me and say, hey, are you free now? Let's do yeah. it, right? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know when we set this up, a month ago or something. Yeah. So like- Obviously, this went into my calendar. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I mean, the other thing of it is sometimes the folks who say they can just remember everything are also then the ones who, I don't know, let's just say are, are not happy with other people kind of nudging them, nagging them, poking at them about stuff. But the, what they're not necessarily fully appreciating is if you don't do it, other people will step in for you, usually your mom. Right. Mm-hmm. Or your spouse mm-hmm. or your boss or your coworker. Right. Just because like your lack of paying attention to it is making them anxious. Right. right. They see what isn't getting done. So it, it kind of becomes this kind of like, I don't know, this kind of like antagonistically dependent kind of a 
interaction or relationship, right? Don't tell me what to do, except I need you to like, wait, mom, what do I, wait, when is that? Yeah. Or, you know, so it's like, they don't like it, but they can't change it either. And hopefully then fingers crossed that by better understanding their ADHD, by maybe talking to someone, maybe a little bit of the right medication, now they have the option to actually be able to track this stuff mm-hmm. in a way that's actually helpful and hits the the mark often enough. So maybe now it's worth kind of taking a chance and not just doing this whole like, well, I don't really care, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of a way of not having to put themselves out there and risk failure. So there's a resistance sometimes from people that don't want their computer to tell them what to do. So Mm -hmm. they don't want the computer or the, you know, reminder, do this, do that. Sure. But yet they're still looking for that some kind of structure, you know, to put these thoughts and these things that they need to remember. Any happy medium that you found that's like flexible enough for the ADHD mind, but still gives you, you know, that, that those reminders that when we need them. Sure. Yeah, so this totally kind of feeds into what I'm going to be talking about at talking about at the big ADHD conference that Chad at an ACO are doing so in November in Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, so I often have this thing come up where you know clients will say, "Oh, I've tried setting alarms, but you know they don't work because I just turn off the alarm and I don't do the thing anyway." Mm-hmm. And you know, my response to that is, "No, actually, the alarm." did exactly the thing it's supposed to do. The point of an alarm is it makes you aware. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that thing at this time, here we are. What it doesn't do is make you motivated to to do do it. it. That's a different job. Like you need a different tool for that job. So um, now of course, if you, if you don't have awareness, game over, right? Mm -hmm. We're done. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, so setting some sort of a reminder, an alarm, whether it's your computer, your phone, or a person in your life, right? Like to see it as all this is doing is making me aware. I now have an opportunity to think about whether I actually want to do this or not, right? So it doesn't make you do it. It mm-hmm. just gives you the opportunity to think about it. And, you know, maybe it isn't the time, Um Or maybe, frankly, it is the time, even though you don't feel like doing it, right? So then you need to really think about, like, what am I doing with this? Does this make the cut? Is this important to me? Why is this important to me? How am I going to feel about this later? Mm -hmm. You know, not do I want to do this now, because probably the answer is no. Mm -hmm. Um, But by the way, the answer will also be no tomorrow or next week, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know. But how am I going to feel about this later? Why does this matter? Why is this important? Right. That's that's how you get to the motivation to actually do the thing. And and, you know, in the bigger picture is to sort of think about it. Like, is this worth it to me? If I set yeah. these reminders or create a schedule or tell someone I'm going to do something right, do I want to be held to it? Because if I if I can accept that I might have to be held to it because there's enough benefit fine. Mm -hmm. If I don't want to be held to it, then make that decision up front and say like, look, I'm not going to do this. I, or maybe I will, maybe I won't. I can't promise you either way. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's kind of part of it is being more sort of, um, more intentional about what you agree to or not. Well, and it's more empowering. I think that way, right? Because I think that if you don't have the reminder and you forget, then you, that, that, 
that power kind of of choice is taken away from you because it you it's yeah. already passed and you forgot to do yeah. it and you didn't get to do it. But when you have the reminder, you get that you get that empowerment of making that choice and thinking about those choice or those questions that you were asking to make a decision that later you you can say I made that decision because of this. It wasn't just taken from me because I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly it. Right. Make an affirmative decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Own it. Mm-hmm. Either way. I don't care what you decide. Right. Just but make a real decision mm-hmm. to say, oh, I'll just remember it. It's a bit of a passive decision. You're kind of not like you're sort of making the choice without actually having to leave your fingerprints on it. Right. Right. All right. Uh, uh, forgive my colorful language, but my my inner yeah. child is uh, a 15 year old petulant dick. And. Uh, I, I, it's out now. We all know it's out. Right. (laughs) And so I, I, you, first of all, reframing, you know, Nikki and I were just having this conversation about reframing, not just what an alarm does, but what a a therapist does or an ADHD coach does, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're not there to remind you to do the thing and then do the thing for you, whatever the thing is, right? This idea of motivate, of, of discovering that well of motivation and coming to terms with, uh, is this thing important to me is, such a critical step. And I know we're talking about uh, memory, but insofar as you have some thoughts on helping one build a stronger relationship with that 15-year-old petulant dick, because I'm not alone judging. I don't want to out anybody in the chat room, but they're outing themselves and they all agree they're all fighting the same kid in themselves. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, so this is definitely, it's big and important, and it does go deeper, right? Like, memory is sort of a little bit simple and kind of, I don't know, just cognitive, strategic, tactical, whatever. But there is this kind of deeper emotional part. And, you know, a lot of the work that I do when I see, you know, the 15-year-old dicks is... um, is to help them figure out, like, what do you actually want? Like, we know what your parents and teachers or whoever, like, we know Mm -hmm. their opinions about you. What do you actually want? What matters to you? And I can totally appreciate this sort of oppositional thing of don't tell me mm-hmm. what to do. Um, you know, I, I can I work for myself, so you know I'm not a stranger to that thought. Sure. Um, and yet, is it really serving you? Like, are you picking the right battles, or are you just picking battles to fight? You know, or are you picking a battle because you don't actually know what you want? Mm-hmm. Right? What am I doing with myself here? Is school actually important to me? What does it get me? Am I willing to suffer for it? Um, and in that case, somebody giving you a reminder is not necessarily just for their agenda. It might also be for yours. Like, what do I stand to gain in right. this? I can impersonate somebody who has it together pretty quickly, right? I, I can uh-huh. also know yeah. that he's screaming back here all the time. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and that mm-hmm. sometimes that works. Sometimes that allows you to just get over whatever the next hump is. But at some point you've, you've got to I, I think there's like addressing your point. You, you realize what is important to me, um, you know, for example, is is the pain that I'm experiencing now or the action I'm about to take just because it's a dopamine hit worth the pain that I will suffer as a relation to it later. That isn't immediate pain that that sort of either delayed or intermittent reinforcement of pain is sometimes the trick that allows me to keep to keep like having the fight and not just 
coming to terms. And that's definitely true. I mean, some, you know, there's a number of things you said. So the intermittentness of it, like, ooh, I might get away yeah. with it. And that's yeah. true, right? You might right. actually. So like, let's be honest, you got to put that into the math. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there's also the part, and I mean, we all do this to some extent, but some people in the world do it much more. And folks with ADHD tend to be in that latter group of, you know, that we don't feel the future as much as we feel the present. Yes. So the suffering of doing the thing you don't want to do right now feels much bigger than the reward for doing it, the later reward for doing it, or the later suffering for not having done it. So, mm-hmm. um, so it becomes a bit of an unfair fight, right? It's hard to talk yourself into it. It just doesn't feel worth it. Um, and then later, by the time you do feel it, it's kind of too late, maybe, to change it. Right, mm-hmm. right. So all of the alarms that we set also need to be accompanied by something that, that has immediate reinforcement you know, some sort of traps or, you know, electricity has been yeah. used in these sorts of, of cases before. The shock tato. Right, shock tato. I still have yeah. it right yeah. here. Uh-huh. Like yeah. Oh, tato. yeah. See, this is a potato that mm-hmm. shocks you. It's this is wow. no longer on the market, really interesting Ari. tool. This is a, yeah. you turn it on and it plays the music to Psycho. And when the music stops, it shocks the crap out of you. Wow. And so you have to like throw it, but it's, it's also you have broken. You to go do something. Yeah. And so it sometimes doesn't shock you, but sometimes shocks you real hard. So uh, wow. that's, that's what it is. Yeah. So you're not supposed fun. to drop until you're you supposed do the to, task. Yeah. Hold it until you yeah. do the task. <laughs> oh, God. Must finish email. Uh. <laughs> This is so yeah. hard one-handed. <laughs> that positive psychology, positive yeah. reinforcement. We don't know. We don't do that. We just right. shock each other. And it gets <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, no, no. But, you know, one thing I do want to highlight, just because I think it's an important distinction, is what you said earlier, Ari, about, like, it, the tool isn't, the, the or the, the alarm is just the tool to remind you. It's not the motivator. And I think that's really important yeah. for people to, to, to hear because I think it's really easy to immediately believe alarms don't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this doesn't mm-hmm. work for me or this, you know, I can't do a planner or I can't do uh, the calendar is always a mess. Like it, it, when you can separate the tool of it being a tool and then what are the other strategies to get you started and to make it happen kind of two different things that we're talking well, about. Well, and isn't this also what yeah, causes exactly. us to kick our reminders to the next day? Like, I'll come, to, I'll get an alert that says, Pete, do this thing on this day, and I'll see it, and I'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. it just reminded me. It did its job, and now I'm going to say, yeah. remind me yeah. again tomorrow, and we'll see what the list of red tasks looks like. Really, that it sounds sure. to me like that reconditioning is this is not, th- this hasn't met me at the intersection of uh, interest and goodwill, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. at some yeah. point. It w- mm-hmm. But it might also, it, you know, I mean, the other piece of it is sometimes, you know, like whenever I talk about setting reminders, you know, to actually pause for a sec and think about it, like, okay, so where will I be at that time? What's actually, out, what else is going on? Is this a likely good mm-hmm. time or is this yeah. not? All right. So some of the magic of setting reminders is being a little bit intentional about when the reminder goes off. Mm-hmm. So it's more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but you know, there's also the thing of like, I don't know, Pete, I got to think at least sometimes I'm going to give you some credit here, right? Strategically speaking, it's actually not the time to do that thing. Like I'm actually doing more important things. So like, sorry, reminded thing. You don't, you don't make the cut. You're not number one right now. Mm -hmm. And to slide it off is actually kind of a reasonable choice. So kind of give yourself credit for those moments. Also give yourself credit for just to, for, sliding the reminder to another time, not just turning right. it off, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, and to, uh, I'll lean in on you giving me credit. I This is where I come back to, you know, visual scheduling, like block scheduling actual tasks on my calendar. Yeah. I would be completely hopeless yes. if I didn't have my weekly calendar and see a task come up and say, okay, I'm going to move that to another open spot on my calendar rather than, yes. you know, just not doing it or putting it on the same time tomorrow. Like I really, that process for me has saved my life, right? Being able to be intentional about that. I could not, I couldn't do my ADHD without it, right? That's, that's Mm -hmm. my accommodation. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. but that is exactly what I recommend. Like that is, I'm so glad that you're saying that is scheduling time, non-specific tasks into your schedule, right? Mm -hmm. So not just to-do lists, To-do lists are graveyards of failed aspirations, you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe one day I'll do this, but it's also kind of like, oh, here's a thing. Is now the time? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Maybe. What about this other thing next to it? I don't know. Maybe. Or that or the other one. Maybe that's actually Mm -hmm. the thing to do. Right. So it's sort of like a lot of nothing. Or I'd rather just pet my new kitten. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) That sounds like fun. Yeah. That is always the better, the more enjoyable option. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's not even a competition. Right. So. You know, so actually taking stuff from the to-do list and sticking it in your schedule at specific times. So it's not just appointments or mm-hmm. meetings that have a specific time that go into your schedule, but this other stuff gets put in there too, makes it way more likely that it's going to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a blood oath, mm-hmm. right? You're not right. like held to it, but but it tips the odds. Yeah. Well, I, that, that's exactly the way I think about it. And I think, you know, the, the benefit of, of this kind of block scheduling for me is that when a reminder comes up for a thing on my calendar, the one thing I'm not looking at is my to-do list with all the other stuff to choose from. I'm eliminating sure. choice. If it's that one thing that's on my schedule and a new kitten, I only have to make a decision between those two things, not the other 50 tasks that are on my schedule for today sure. and a kitten. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And yeah, we do have exactly. a new kitten. His name is Toby. Of course you do. I'll show. Nice. I'll, I'll have pictures. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Awesome. Can we, um, but, go ahead, Nikki. Sorry. Uh, oh, I bet, Pete, you're going to say the same thing. You I, do it, though. I bet. It, it's but, your show. Okay. Well, I just want to go back to the memory and, like, are there some tangible, like, takeaways that people that are listening can say, hey, I want to try this or, you know, some strategies or things about that working yeah. memory? I mean, some of this is, you know, like what we're talking in terms of the scheduling is kind of capturing it, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not in your head. You're kind of, as Barclay says, you externalize it, Mm -hmm. right? Take it out of your head and put it out onto something, right? So by intentionally planning out your schedule or taking a reminder and putting it into your schedule or whatever, it, it offloads it from your memory, so then your memory can do the other things that it has to remember. Mm-hmm. Can you um, just, can I, in, I think inject other, something here? I need you yeah. to say out loud that offloading or externalizing the things that you feel are important for you to do is not a failure of, of you as a person. Because I hear that all the time, right? 
let me come back to my my line. If you can remember inside your head everything you have going on in your life, your life is yeah. too damn boring. Like, come mm -hmm. on, man, you got to have yeah. more than that. It's not yeah. a moral so, thing, right? You're still a good no. person. And, like, here's the thing: folks with, who don't have ADHD, who are highly productive and effective, you think they're not writing stuff down? Oh, like, really? You yeah. think they're just winging it through their day? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, no, I interrupted you. Please go on. Yeah. No, but but it, it's a good point that, you know, there are folks who feel like it's a shortcoming. If I write it down, people are going to think I'm dumb or something, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know. Hell, I would rather be known as that guy who's always writing stuff down as opposed to that damn guy who's always forgetting. Yeah. yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So so if you know yourself, then act on it. Right. Like, say, hey, give me a sec. Let me write this down and almost no one is going to be offended. They're all going to say, awesome. Mm -hmm. That person is taking this seriously. I'm so glad that they want to do this thing I'm talking to them about. Mm -hmm. um, or, I don't know, if they catch you in the middle of something, don't just be like, oh, I'll try to remember it. Say, uh, hey, do me a favor. I'm sort of in the middle of something. I can't really write this down. Shoot me a quick text or send me an email or catch me tomorrow or write so like, give them a little bit of a job mm -hmm. that will make them happier in the end. They're not doing you a favor. They're doing them a favor, mm -hmm. right? Because you forgetting it does not do them a favor, right? Like they are not better off for you right. forgetting. So, you know, a little bit of effort on their part, they will be happier for it. Um, but you have to have that ability to be sort of confident enough in yourself to be accepting enough of yourself. But, you know, the other side of it, I mean, it's, this is a line from Stephanie Sarkis, um, who actually forgot she said it and then heard me say it and then started quoting me. <laughs> she gave funny. me credit for it, which is just, she's just a good friend that she comes up with an awesome line and then gives me credit for it. But um, so Steph has this awesome line where she says, ADHD is the worst kept secret, mm -hmm. right? Like you think you're, people don't know that you forget stuff. Really? Yeah. Like yeah. seriously, you think that's going to work out, right? You know, it's like being six months pregnant, like, oh, don't yeah. tell any, right? Yeah. Like, no, they already know. Like, yeah. trust me, they already know. So, so at least if you can show a seriousness of purpose, if you can show that you're responsible, that you are, are working at least as hard as them, they will appreciate it and they will overlook the rest. It's when they don't think that you're trying, that's when people are going to be, you know, much less forgiving. I can see that being really important in relationships yeah. between yes. partners and spouses. And yeah, that that I'm trying, like I am trying to not forget that it's important to you for me to do this, you know? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote somebody else. So uh, Jessica McKay, mm -hmm. I did a thing on her channel and she had this awesome line where she said, um, talking about, you know, like kind of leaving a mess for her roommate. And she's like, she had this line where she said, this is me trying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's not the outcome the roommate was hoping. Yeah. And it's not what the roommate would have done. Right. Because the roommate, I think, is you know more easily organized than she is. Mm -hmm. But but it's the line is important mm -hmm. because it's this is me trying like I am actually doing the best that I can here, mm -hmm. even if it falls short from what you are hoping sure. for. But again, most people, unless they're a giant dick, are mm -hmm. going to be kind of forgiving if there's effort and intention where yeah. we become less forgiving is when it feels intentional. You don't care enough or you're purposely sticking it on me or whatever. That's where the real problems in relationships come from, whether it's romantic relationships, roommates, coworkers, neighbors, whatever. Yeah. So put in the effort and make sure 
that the other person knows that you're putting in the effort, especially when the outcome doesn't seem to indicate the level of effort you've put in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. One one last last question. Can you comment on state dependent memory? Sure. Well, you have to tell me what that what that even means. State dependent well, memory. Do what does that mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. This is like a psych yes. 101 <laughs> yes, <term. it> is. <laughs> So yeah. So so the idea is so the state that you're in makes it easier to remember, you know, or if you're in the same state when you're trying to remember it, you're more likely to remember something that happened in this when you're in that same state when you recorded the memory. So, to so speak. like if I'm at a wedding and I'm happy, I might remember my own wedding when I was ha- like when I was happy and yeah. I w- at yeah, that like wedding the, or something. Is that yeah, what you mean? Exactly. Like I'm that in you the might same have, state. Yeah. Yeah, that you might have you might access those memories of your own wedding more readily. You know, mm-hmm. or I don't know, if you're depressed, you're going to remember more negative things. If you're happy, you'll remember more positive things. Um, so, I mean, I do think that that's a thing, you know, because we sort of take cues from the situation that we're in externally around us, but also internally in terms of how we feel. So, like, you know, that is definitely a thing that happens. Okay. So I guess my question, Pete, to you is well, where are you going? You know, yeah, I was, yeah. when, <laughs> so when I was in college, uh, taking Psych 101, undoubtedly, uh, I was I would mm-hmm. find myself with a study group and we would just, you know, college. So stupid. Like the thing that they give you all day long is just massive free, like, you know, fountain drinks at the at the cafeteria you can go in the, any of the dorm cafeterias and get they have give you this eco tumbler that's like 64 ounces but you're you put it on your strap it to your backpack and you <laughs> wander around drinking free sodas all day long and i would find sure. that we'd be we'd stay up all night studying probably for psych 101 and would be remembering all these things and quizzing each other and we'd be doped up on caffeine and then do terribly on the test until we started doping up on caffeine right before the mm-hmm. exams. And we always wrote that off to like that state dependent memory. We got to get ourselves up. And I'm wondering if we're lying to each to ourselves and each other, uh, you know, <laughs> retroactively. And is there any sense to like figuring out, like or at least being being cognizant of your state as you're trying to remember important things? Yeah, no, I I think it's probably both, right? I'm sure the caffeine itself, like you know, yes. neurologically was helpful. <laughs> there are all of, kinds yeah. of ways we're but not um, healthy. Way too many yeah. ways we're yeah. lying to ourselves. There. Right, that's yeah. that's true. right. But probably, I think there's something yeah. to it, right? Like that being in that same state probably did help. Um, but I think the sort of like the takeaway on this is when we're trying to remember something is to either physically put yourself into that mm-hmm. environment or emotionally into that state, or at least mentally, because you can't always get there, to just sort of like think around it, mm-hmm. you know? So wait, so what was going on and who was there and what was I wearing? And let me try to picture this and what happened before and what happened after. And like to try to sort of rebuild the scenario because the more cues you have, the more sort of webs in to that piece that you can't quite grab, you know, that piece that's out of your memory. So mm-hmm. I don't know, I remember this was long ago, I was talking to some a drummer from some band that I saw and I saw I ran into him in a different city I think I was living in Philly and then I moved to DC or something and it, he said it took him a second because he remembers people but it's specific to the yeah. city right yes. the context helps him be like oh yeah you're yep. that person 
right? So it's kind of exactly that same thing. So they're trying to recreate that makes the situation sense. in which the memory was well, born. Because you can see somebody and you know you know them, but you're trying to figure yeah. out like, okay, was that from high school, college, after college, like in like where you live? Yeah, yeah, I can totally yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This, this also gets to, you know, the, the whole idea of attaching a mnemonic to that. Like I can totally see the drummer mm-hmm. saying, oh, that's filiary. Like you can kind of make yeah. that. Yep. This goes back to one of my very favorite books, uh, The Memory Palace of Matteo Ricci, which is all about like using hmm. memory and and how you know he taught the na- he was a, a a priest and he went to spread uh, religion to the Chinese and uh, and in exchange learn like was able to teach uh, their this idea of memory palaces where you build this structure in your head and assign yeah. memories facts things to names places to it and and for some people. Uh, you know, the stories I always seem to hear are like, hey, he was in prison for 20 years and developed a sky rise in his brain and could remember anything. But, uh, it, you sure. know, it's, it, it is a practice. It is a practice one can develop to help help memory. So anyway, I appreciate your yeah. insights on that. I can always tell when my husband had an idea or something he wants to remember in the middle of the night because he always throws something in the middle of the floor. Yeah, so, what a great like, idea. The, yeah. So there'll be like yeah. a piece of clothing or like there'll be something in his sink. And I'm like, oh, he's trying yeah. to remember something, something he thought of yeah. last night. Well, yep. it's another trick. Like, <laughs> But that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sort of it's like, you know, the thing of like tie a piece of string around your finger. Yeah. Right. Like almost never is that a reminder to buy more strength. <laughs> right. You know, right. You right. Have to end up a true. string hoarder and uh, <laughs> right. to run on strings. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yet again, uh, use up all our string. <laughs> gotta go buy some more. I gotta get some more. <laughs> I wish I remembered uh. to actually, you know, pay the electric bill. So, hey, look, all right, this has right. been fantastic as always. You're a gentleman Thank and you scholar. So much. Appreciate you being here with us. Where do you want to send people to learn more about your your work? Doing anything fun? Probably best place is adultadhdbook.com. And that's got a bunch of information. It's got some recordings and book chapters and stuff like that. And you'll be speaking at the ADHD conference, which is in Dallas this year in November. So all of our listeners, if you're around there, you should go. Yeah, the first in-person conference in three years, which is going to be awesome. Like, I cannot wait. Yes, I'll Um, be there. I I have my plane ticket all ready to go. Excellent. Everybody's going to be way too excited. it be nice to reconnect people with people in person. It feels like it's been a long time. All those awesome conversations in the hallway, loitering in the lobby. Exactly. You know, all that stuff. The bar. So good. (laughs) The bar. Speaking of state dependent memory, good luck with that. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. this is this has been a real treat. Thank you, uh, Ari. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us, for downloading and listening to this show. We sure appreciate uh, uh, all that you do for us and your time and attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, we're headed over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server. You can join us right over there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Ari Tuckman and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control the ADHD podcast.